You're listening to the Bethel University Chapel Podcast, recorded from the Everstwar Chapel Fine Arts Center in Mishawaka, Indiana. Thanks for listening. All right, good to see you all. Last chapel, right? Yeah. One of, one of my favorites because sitting in front of me are the faithful, right? <laughs> I, I'm absolutely sure that everybody has all their chapel credits and you just wanted to come today. And so this is... You know, you could almost hear it in worship. It was really rich and good and uh, just a a great time. So um, I always love being in front of you. I wish we could just do one big group hug as uh, this is our last time together. Appreciate you all so much. Um, And just, yeah, this guy's even got my t-shirt on, right? Come on, stand up, stand up, show everybody. Come on, show, yeah, there we go, yeah, okay, yeah. I have a gift for you. (laughs) Anyway, it's a privilege to be able to uh, share with you on this last chapel, seriously. And um, I've been thinking a lot about the word faithful, and it's interesting that that was mentioned quite a bit in worship and in prayer. Um, And you'll hear why in a minute that I've been thinking a lot about that, but first let me unravel some thinking with you. You probably think right away, well, uh, God is faithful. And it's true. Um, He is perfectly faithful. But because the Bible tells us that we share attributes of God simply because we're made in his image, um, we are able to be faithful, but in an imperfect way. So all humans, all humans are capable of making decisions toward faithfulness. But in Galatians chapter 5, we read about the fruits of the Spirit. And we find that faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, um, faithfulness is an attitude or an action that reflects we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we're responsive to his promptings. So as believers in Christ, we have a more keen awareness toward faithfulness. And believe me, everybody who stood up here a few minutes ago, you're going to have all kinds of opportunities for faithfulness this summer. You might think faithfulness might be synonymous with, say, trustworthiness, but I would say not so. Uh, Someone who's considered trustworthy, it's often because something has occurred to make you trust that person. Something's happened and they're now trustworthy. You tried something and now you trust it, kind of like a new pole vault pole. <laughs> I don't know. So, sorry about that example, Grace, Grace Conway. <laughs> okay, but you get the picture. Um, I think faithfulness comes at another angle. So I'm going to give you my definition. <clears throat> my definition of faithfulness, and you've heard something like this, but it's doing what is right or what you've agreed to do, doing what is right, um, when no one's looking and there's really nothing even in it for you. You're not looking for an immediate reward or praise. You're just going to be faithful. Do you know people like that? I hope you do. I can think of a good number of people in my life that I've been blessed to know, and I would label them faithful by this definition. But I'm going to introduce you to two of them today, and they're not on anyone's list uh, because they're not in any high positions, uh, nor were they flashy people, you might say. 
The first one I'm going to introduce you to is Clarence. He quit school at sixth grade. You could do that back then. <laughs> and he ran away from home at 15. He found a job working on a farm, and in a few years, he met a girl he, he really liked. And a couple years later, she became pregnant, and he said, well, we should get married. But he didn't have any money even for a ring. So he borrowed $10 from a friend, expensive ring, um, and said, and the friend said to him, don't buy a ring, um, buy a train ticket and get out of town. But instead, they married at 18, and their first child was born a few months later. By 21, they had two children with one more on the way when Clarence had his right hand cut off in a farm accident. Two months later, I was born. Now, you knew that was coming, right? <laughs> so yeah, my parents. I know you wish your dad's name was Clarence. <laughs> but even harder, my mother's name is Arbutus. Yeah. And then put that with the last name Belfock. Uh-huh. Everybody asks me, where, what country are your parents from? And I would say, Kentucky. <laughs> um, <laughs> but can you imagine, some of you are 22. Can you imagine, 22 years old, you have three kids under the age of four, no education to speak of, and the breadwinner in the family who works with his hands now only has one. This was well before we had much help for handicapped people, but that wouldn't matter. He wouldn't have taken much help. My mother had never worked outside the home once the children came because there was no daycare, and it was just expected she stayed home. Women didn't have options back then. So now you can see um, this is quite the recipe for disaster, right? The thrills and chills of newly married life are waning, and the burden of their new reality was very heavy. How would they make it? Would they remain faithful to each other and faithful to their responsibilities to their children? And where would they go to find help? Well, my mother completely and 100%, by the way, those glasses were in back then, I'm hoping, because I'm hoping that taste doesn't become genetic or something. Um, but my mother, 100%, turned back to the faith of her childhood, and she called out to God. She just threw herself on his mercy. She recalls that night very vividly. My dad, unfortunately, called out to Jack, yes, with the last name Daniels. <laughs> so you can imagine now my mother's burden is even heavier, right? As the years went by, um, I'm, I'm regret, regretful today to tell you I was embarrassed of my dad. People knew he drank. And there were times he would pick me up from practice after school in a rusty blue truck with a homemade cab on the back. Now, when I say homemade, I'm talking plywood. It was very clear. He would have on a dirty jacket and often a bright vinyl orange hunting cap with grease all over it, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Oh, and of course, now he's wearing a hook 
to replace his hand, he looked rough. I think we have that picture. You know, it was years later when I thought, no wonder I didn't marry. What guy wants to meet that at the front door? <laughs> you know? Scary. But you know, still in the midst of all this, my dad got up every day, faithfully went to work, never missed work. He brought home a meager paycheck. He took care of home repairs and the lawn and such. My mom did all the child raising. She read her Bible and prayed daily. She took us to church four times a week. She taught Sunday school. She never said bad things about my dad, although probably deserving. And she wouldn't let us. She never tried to get our sympathy. But we gathered every night and prayed for him faithfully. My strong, faithful mom and loving church kept us three girls on a path of seeking Christ. So my mom and dad did not have a hallmark marriage, but neither did they have a dateline marriage. <laughs> they stayed faithful to each other and to our family. A few more pictures of my parents. As you can see, though, my mother's taste in glasses continued to <laughs> wane. And of course, this is why I wear contacts. <laughs> Fast forward now, <clears throat> at the age of 63, after my father retired, one Sunday my mother was sitting in church and she saw, saw a truck coming in the parking lot that looked a lot like my dad's. And sure enough, it was him walking into church. After 45 years of a faithful marriage, but faithful prayers, my dad gave his life to his creator and savior. The last 20 years of their marriage, before my dad passed, was sweet to watch. He gave up drink. He was able to even stop smoking. And my dad's transformation will forever convince me Jesus changes lives. So I've been blessed to see two people who exemplified faithfulness in two different ways. My father, prior to being a believer, just by the attributes of God, lived out of faithfulness. And then my mother, even greater because of her exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, now you know a little bit more about me, but we all have stories, and some of them even much sadder than that. But let's go back to my definition of faithful. Doing what's right, even when no one is looking, and nothing's in it for you. You just heard about two people who were incredibly faithful to vows and responsibilities. But as we approach summer break, we will all be given plenty of chances to be faithful. And again, the hard part is, it's often being faithful means you're, nothing will be seen or in it for you. You'll have opportunity to be faithful to your families, doing something for your parents maybe they don't even know you did. Faithful to jobs, getting up, not calling in sick when you really aren't. Being faithful to your church, to your relationships. Let's all encourage each other to do what we've agreed to do and are expected to do, even if there isn't anyone looking or it doesn't even make us feel better. We're just going to be faithful. 
But more importantly, let's encourage each other to be faithful to God. Having those devotions, having those times of prayer. And again, often the scripture tells us, go into the closet. Don't do it for show, but let's be faithful. Now, as, my, as your president, it is my duty and honor to create common strategies for everyone as a vision to move forward and in making decisions and such. So I've chosen the word faithful to be at the center of our plans going forward. We will focus for the next years of my presidency around the idea of faithfulness and particularly faithfulness in three areas. First of all, we're gonna be faithful to our purpose. We are a Christian institution and we will double our efforts at providing more experiences and opportunities for all of us to grow toward Christ. Bethel is also associated with missionary church denomination and we will strengthen that faithful relationship between us. The second is we're gonna be faithful to our people. Yes, they all have peace. So purpose, people. Our faculty, our staff, and our students. We will do more to care for everyone who calls Bethel home. More about that in a second. The third is faithfulness to this place we call Bethel. You know, we're now 75 years old. And though not all buildings are 75 years old, some are showing some significant wear. And so we're gonna take care of some of those needs. So along with this vision of faithfulness, we're moving forward in a campaign, and I'm announcing that to you today. We're moving forward in a campaign which surprisingly is gonna be called the Faithful Campaign, all right? We are setting a goal of raising $6.5 million to reflect faithfulness to our purpose, our people, in this place we call Bethel. When I shared this vision recently to faithful friends of, Be of Bethel, they were so convinced that we were going in the right direction, they committed the largest family gift ever given to Bethel. So to date, we are already halfway to our $6.5 million. Yeah. Now, this is committed over three years, so it will come in in increments, but what that means is we can start on refreshing some of these places and honoring some of you, you students. So, over the summer, in preparation for you returning, I know seniors, but everybody who's not a senior, those of you returning, in preparation for that, I'm looking at four possible projects four possible projects that we're going to use this money to refresh. So what I'd like for you to do is I'd, I'd like for you to vote on which four you think we should do, okay? So here are four projects, and I want you to see them all first. Don't applause, don't, don't groan or anything. Let's just see, <laughs> see them all first, and then, and then we'll go back, okay? So number one, it, you know, upgrading video surveillance. We want to do more in security on this campus. We have that ability, let's, let's do that, all right? So we're gonna think about that, okay? Number two, let's add more bling to the slab, all right? Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> Number three, what about Rena? Yeah, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Number four, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I think I know, but let's go ahead and vote, okay? How about video surveillance? Vote. Okay, all right, good, good, good. How about adding bling to the slab? <laughs> Renovation of Shoop. <laughs> Fooled you there. Renovation of Oakwood. Oh. <laughs> wow, please. <laughs> Okay, well, here's the good news. We're going to do all four. We're going to do all four. Isn't it great to know that we have faithful friends of Bethel who've given to be able to do this? So upon returning, we hope that you will see all of these changes. And uh, let's just keep it going. We'll look at other things maybe in a year that we can do uh, likewise. So... You know, um, it's just great to be with you all. I will miss you this summer. I do. It's hard to uh, walk around campus and not have your faces. Uh, but when I think of you, I will pray for you. And I do think and pray for you daily. And I'll pray that you find spaces and discipline to be known as faithful person, as a faithful person, and to watch carefully for, for faithful traits in other people, because we're going to lean into this concept of faithfulness an attribute of our God who does it perfectly, but also because we share his attributes and fruits of the Spirit that we will lean into this sense of being faithful. Sean, come on up and let's sing our favorite song. All right? Thanks for listening to the Bethel University Chapel Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and get more information at chapel.betheluniversity.edu or check us out on the iTunes store by searching for Bethel University Chapel.